everyone. Today we have Lakita Correll, a therapist and founding president of Institute of Personal and Professional Development, joining us today. Hi, Lakita. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ophelia. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. So, Lakita, you're going to discuss with us today about parents uh, having difficult choices to make for teens. Mm-hmm. Although I've never utilized your services before, I appreciate them. I really do. <laughs> because I feel like a whole lot of um, families, a whole lot of uh, households can use your expertise and, and your knowledge and your advice. Um, at what point of your life did you feel being a child therapist is, is the career choice uh, you wanted to pursue? Well, you know, actually, I didn't make the choice. It was uh, kind of the way the cause fell for me. I just uh, got a contract that ended up working with children, and I began to realize that a lot of the problems that teenagers are having is not just because of their uh, personality, but it's because of the patterns and the interactions that parents are having with the kids that may drive the children into uh, rebellion, frustration, and aggravation. Sometimes depression and anxiety as well. Lakita, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, but um, it's it's sounding kind of muffled, so I didn't completely understand everything like the last part of what you said. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, what I was saying is that um, it's it kind of. I just got into this through a contract, you know, working with children, uh, teenagers specifically. And as I worked with them, I recognized that uh, the problems are not just the teenagers, that they're just disobedient or, you know, um, that they are rebellious. Sometimes it's our parental interactions. It's the way we're talking to them. It's the way we're not talking to them. Um, it's our nonverbal language, et cetera that causes young people to uh, rebel or sometimes to even become depressed and anxious as well. Yeah. Probably because they're not, they probably feel like they're not being heard or understood. Exactly, that they're not being heard or understood. And also that um, the communication gap between the parents needs to be closed up. So there needs to be some sort of change in how we're talking to each other. Meaning uh, the tone of voice is critical sometimes. You know, you can say two things, one one thing in two different ways, and they'll have a whole mm-hmm. different impact on the child and on their outlook as well. Right. I can I can see that. I can understand that. Um, I, my children are adults now, but, of course, they were once teenagers, and I get exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel that... Uh, sometimes the failure. Sometimes the failure. It's also the um, what the parents think about the child or teenager that makes a difference. For example, if a parent believes that their child is like Uncle Joe, whom they don't like, that's going to have a major impact on their relationship with that child or with that mm-hmm. teenager. Even as little babies, you know, it's really, I hate to see someone says, oh, they look just like um, the grandma, the grandpa, because you don't know how the parent, you know, uh, perceives that the grandpa or the grandma. And so that right there is putting the child on 
a pathway and also kind of shaping the relationship that the parent is going to have with their teenager. That's true. And um, one of the things I noticed that, well, one of the things I believe is that, um, I wanted to piggyback a little bit off of what you just said. If you, like, how you label your child can affect them. For example, in the past, I've heard people say, oh, he's so bad, he's so bad. And, and so if you're telling them that, that's what they're going to be. I've witnessed it. I don't agree with mm -hmm. it, but I've definitely witnessed it. Well, you're exactly you right, Athelia. Yes, I do. That's exactly right, Athelia. If you say to a child, you know, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, then essentially you're giving the child a life script. You're telling the child who they are, what they are going to be, and how they are going to be in life. You are right. telling your two-year-old, your three-year-old, your four-year-old who they are. Right. And, you know, they're kids, so they don't know any different. They, they, they just, oh, okay, this is who I am. You know, just like you call mm -hmm. them, their name is David. Oh, I'm David. So they just, they don't right. question it. They don't say, no, I'm not David. My name is so-and-so. So, um, right. yes, you're absolutely correct about that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't mind, I'd like to add on the back of that. Okay. Just like you give them a life script in negativity, you also can give them a life script in positivity. So you can spend your time saying to your child, you're going to grow up and become, you know, uh, go to grade school and high school, you're going to do so well in school, you're going to be really smart and intelligent. You can send them those clear messages as well, and those messages mm -hmm. will come true too. Okay, so what happens if you're, if you're feeding your children positivity and you're lifting them up and you're being that support system that they need, uh, and they still do the total opposite of how, like the energy that you've been giving them? Okay. Well, it comes from getting two messages. Because sometimes we think we're lifting up children when we are actually disabling children. So what that means is this. I say, you know, oh, you're so smart, and the child has great F on his report card. Or, you know, I'm saying you're doing, you know, a great job. And children know when it's really good and when it's not really good. So sometimes uh -huh. we're covering or trying to say stuff to them that they know is not true. So the best thing is to be honest with children. Now, does that mean that I have to say, oh, you made an F in math and you just dumb in math? No. But I can't acknowledge, oh, I see that you had a little problem, some difficulty in math. Let's see what we can do to make it better. You know, or another thing people may do in terms of disabling children is do everything for them. You know, yes, 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 I know you can do it, but let me do it this time. Let me you know, clean uh -huh. up the room, but then you're in there cleaning the room instead of letting them do it. So you're saying uh -huh. to the child, I don't trust that you're really able to do this. And so you're disabling them. That you say right. one thing, but your behavior is doing something different. Right. I agree with that because when my children were younger, um, they were walking but they were probably around two or three years old mm -hmm. i allowed them to clean up behind yourself and when i say clean up i'm not of course not like you or i would mm -hmm. do but just picking little things up behind themselves because that teaches them how to clean up behind themselves how to be organized 
you know, and and aside mm-hmm. from that age, from when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And also, that's a real good life lesson that you're teaching your child. No one's going to clean up your mess. Now, eventually, uh-huh. the messes that people make are no longer toys on the floor or their shirts are not hung up. Sometimes people make real messes of their life. And because they're used to other people coming in, cleaning up behind them, they don't know where to start or how to clean up behind themselves. And so sometimes, you know, in, in doing these things for our children, we're teaching them so much more than they we could ever dream of. I mean, you're thinking, oh, I'm just having him to clean up. So you teach them how to clean up their mess. And then later uh-huh. in life, they will know that if I make a mess, it's my responsibility to clean it up. Right. And one of the things that one of the questions I wanted to ask you, um, so I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago um, regarding one of the things I used to do with my children when they were uh, younger, which is when they did something wrong, when they were younger, I didn't believe in hitting. And I made the comment to that person that um, I didn't hit my children when they were younger because it wasn't because they were perfect or I felt like they never did anything wrong because they were normal children. But I had a, mm-hmm. another way of, of, of disciplining them. I would take things from them mm-hmm. or um, I would make them stay in the house while their mm-hmm. friends are outside playing there in the house. But what I did before taking those things away from them and telling them that they weren't allowed outside, what I would do with them is to them is explain why they're being punished. Even though they already know what they did wrong, I would explain to them why they were being punished. And that person mm-hmm. said to me, you're the parent. You don't have to explain yourself to them. And I said, I, I did explain myself and I did feel like I needed to explain myself to them because even though they knew what they were doing wrong, I wanted them to understand. Like I, I really wanted to bring it through to them that this is why you're being punished because then they would think about it and not do it again. I think so. You're teaching them them to reason from the beginning to the end. So like now, research is saying that children's brains aren't ready or aren't fully grown until they are 25, 25 years old, 25. So what's going on that people today are not able to reason from the beginning to the end? Might it be, A, we're not allowing them to make mistakes, so that they can learn from the mistakes that they've made, that there is no punishment or consequences for behavior, so they don't know the difference, you know, between, or it doesn't matter if I do it the right way or the wrong way, because there's no consequences in the past. So, um, so yeah, I do think it's good. You don't have to, you know, no one has to explain it to a child why they're getting consequences. However, think about yourself. Supposing the police picked you up off the street, took you and put you in jail and gave you no reason. Oh, you'd be hot. You'd be really upset with that. And yeah, so yeah. It's, just, it's so much easier to just simply say, hey, listen, this is why I'm doing this. And this is, you know, where I see it to possibly go. And so giving them training their brains that this what you do today can have a long-term effect on your life in the future. And so mm-hmm. we're going to, I'm going to help you make better choices. And you can also give kids, you know, young people rewards. We forget to do that. Some people say, you know, if I say, well, I'm going to give my child, you know, $20 for every A and, you know, to a little instance of $15 for a B, whatever. 
Some people will say, right. well, that's what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to. Well, just think about your job. You're supposed to get up and go to your job every day. But if they give you right. a bonus, you feel so much happier about it. You feel happy about uh-huh. getting up and going to that job. And stuff. So I don't understand why we adults want to be treated one way and think it's perfectly okay to treat our children in a whole different way. You want the bonus. Right. I don't mind giving a bonus to children or young people who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about, like, outside outside influences um, as far as how you rear your children, how you discipline them? Um, how can I answer this? Do you discipline your children and you're rearing them one way and then they go outside and they don't want, they, they've been punished for something that they know that they've done wrong, something that they're guilty for, but when they go outside, um, they tell a whole different story and uh, remove themselves from, from actually being guilty from what they did. Um, this happens quite a lot. Have you had that experience me, with any of the children? Will you give me, well, yeah, will you yeah, give me an example? Of, can you give me an example of what you're talking about? Okay, so say like for instance, if your child is misbehaving in the home, you punish that child. You 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 take their phone away from them. They you take social media away from them. Um, mm-hmm. When they go outside around their friends, they're upset. They don't want their friends to know what they've done, or they don't want their friends' parents to know what they've done. They just want they want to be looked at as a victim. They want that war with me moment, mm-hmm. and so that's what they receive because they're not telling the full story as to why they were punished. They don't tell the full story, and so they, they have these outside influences because of whoever it is they're, they're uh, communicating with as far as what they've done, as far as what they're going to be a part. You know, I think that, that, I think that that's, that happens, that the kids go out and they get these um, other people saying, oh, for you, that shouldn't have happened right. to you. But the truth of the matter is, if you do it again, that's what's going to happen again. So it really doesn't matter. You know, they're out there uh, and not a part of my home. Now, any adult should know and understand that young people are not always telling the truth. And that uh-huh. when I've had kids, yes, kids will come to me and say, oh, Miss, you know, Miss Carol, this is what happened at home. It's, it's terrible. You know, my mom did this terrible thing. And um, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. And my mom did this terrible thing. And so, you know, I could say, oh, you know, this is terrible. Let me think about it. You must be feeling sad about that. Or I can say, well, what happened? Tell me what happened and why she did what she did. So the child was, you know, say nothing. I didn't do anything. But you know they did something. Parents are not going to. Mm-hmm. Punish you, most of them, just because you're sitting there watching TV, which is what I would say. <laughs> oh, so you were watching right. TV, and you were being calm and kind and generous, and your mom just decided to take your phone from you. She just walked in the room and said, I'm going to take your phone. A person, an adult who, you know, knows anything about children absolutely knows that most parents do not want to be bothered with punishing and giving consequences. Children, you'd much uh-huh. rather just be able to give them all the great things in life. So, uh-huh. those people, 
And I think I would explain that to the child. It's okay, sweetheart, if you want to draw and present this in that way. But you do have to understand that this is what a, a rule, that's the consequence. And if you break the rule again, it's going to be a consequence again. And you just make this choice about what you're going to do. Right. I, I've witnessed and I've experienced outside influences. Um, and I don't like it. And I'm not only referring to children, adults as well. And those are the worst ones. Those are the worst ones, and it makes it, uh, it, it causes chaos and it causes confusion. And what it, what I feel it does is it enables that child to keep, to, to feel like it's okay for them to do wrong because, you know, they have someone looking at them as a victim when they're not mm -hmm. a victim at all. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. How do you combat that for any parent who's going through something like that? Because there are parents out there. I personally know a couple who have children like that. And that makes no, parenting more difficult. It does make parenting more difficult. Adults involved with your children, that's more, to me, damaging to your uh -huh. relationship and to your children's well-development. Then uh -huh. You know, uh, their peers is one thing, but when adults step in there and they start influencing your child, that's a hard problem like that. The first thing I'm going to do is put, some, is put some distance between that person and my child. I'm going to start uh -huh. taking that person out. In front of you, these people will intentionally, um, they will intentionally directly conflict with you or, uh, or or um, try to make you seem like you don't know what you're talking about so that your child will lose respect for you. So you don't right. you want to, you have to address it. You have to say to them, I'm talking to my child. This does not include you. You must allow your child to see that this person does not control me, does not tell me what to do. And I know that people out there now are like, well, you know, we all want to be equal, et cetera, et cetera. When people are undermining your authority, these teenagers, these young people are watching this and picking up yeah. on this and seeing yeah. you in a different position, in a different, in a very different way. So uh -huh. it's really important for you. If you have people in your life who will do that for you, to you, I'm sorry, then you must address it. And it's, it would be nice to pull them to the side and say, hey, listen, this is not helping him. This is not helping my child. You know, if I'm wrong, it's okay for you later to talk to me. But when I'm wrong with my child, it's, you need to stay out of it. Because all the time, right. you don't know the whole story. Right. Yeah. And, and they don't know the whole story. And um, with social media and peer pressure, because peer pressure definitely plays, plays a part in it as well, um, with that, along with these other situations, um, it's not making that child any better. Mm -mm. It, mm -hmm. Like you said, it's, it's, it's messing, messing them up mentally. Um, and, and their brains haven't fully developed. So although they're very smart and intelligent and they know what they're doing, they don't understand it like you or I would. But they know exactly what they're doing, if that makes any sense. Right. They don't know the long-term consequences of their behavior. They don't know the right. impact of their behavior 
or, or, or the impact of their behavior on their relationship with their parents and stuff. But I do believe that, um, you know, they, they definitely recognize when a person is undermining their parents' authority. I think they definitely do. And parents, yes, they still have some authority on these teenagers. I know that people don't believe it anymore. I know that it's not, you know, the end thing to say, but parents need to have influence and authority over their children. I doesn't mean they need to be abusive or brutal or any of those things, but they do need to be able to um, command respect or have some respect going on, and they need to respect their teachers as well. So, you know, because right. you need to teach them how to treat you, and the way you do that is by the way you treat them. So if you're cussing yeah, them exactly. and hounding at them and being rude, then don't expect them to be, you know, you can't expect nice, fluffy little puppies when you're growling like a pit bull all the time. You can't expect right. them. They have to learn to defend themselves and protect themselves from that. That's true. So what um what other like strategies did you have to offer as far as um parents rebuilding their relationship with their teens? I think in light of the questions that you just asked asked me, for example, um adults, if there are destructive adults around your children, remove them from don't allow them to be around your children. Do your very best to put some distance and some space between you and them. Um, also, if you want to rebuild your relationship, listen. I will say talk, but listen to your young people. You know, hear them. Actually hear. So if your child is coming in and they're frustrated, you know, all that teacher gets on my last nerves, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to go into a long discussion about how you should respect adults, blah, blah, blah. We might want to hear what this child is saying. Hey. What's going on? What happened in school? Sounds like uh-huh. it's pretty frustrating. Sounds like, you know, it's something that was unpleasant happening to you. So you can listen to your child. Do something just for fun. Do something just for fun. So that means that when, um, let's say we decide we're going to play a game of Uno, it's just for fun. So then, you know, we decide on the rules of fun. And we laugh at the mistakes that are made. No teasing them, no name calling them, none of that. Enter their world. Do some of the things they want to do. You know, for example, they like to play those games. And I used to play with kids who want to play those games in their session. Well, okay, I'm going to play with you. And um, while I'm playing, somehow in their minds, they're thinking, Miss Carol shouldn't be playing this. It's not the right thing to do. And they will stop. Okay, Miss Carol, never mind. Oh, no, 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 I'm playing. No, 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 never mind, Miss Carol. So then play with them. Get into their world. Don't just expect them to always come into your world. But do some of the things they like to do. You know, they like fishing. Go fishing. They like cooking. Get in the kitchen with them while they cook and talk. You know, um, be complimentary. Be honest, but complimentary. You know, so if they do a good job, don't, you know, I've seen it so many times. Cal is showing parents, he's hey, listen, you know, let's see what I made of my test. Uh-huh, give, it, give me that broom over there. No, no, no. Let's take some time and say, hey, this looks like you did a good job on it. You know, how did you study? 
will take a lot of study to do, blah, blah, blah. Just make note that this person did something well. Because you want them to know that you did something extra for them. So let's do the same. So those are just a few tips that I have in terms of building up relationships. And sometimes if the relationship is really, really, really bad, you really want to choose your battles carefully. You know, everything is not that important. People really complain, oh, she didn't watch the dishes right, or she didn't bother. And that's like a World War Three issue that really. But she woke up this morning, she's healthy, you know. She, um, you know, she's not strung out on drugs. And if she is, she's still living, so we still have this time to influence her to make a better choice. So we want to choose our battles carefully and not get caught up in fighting all the time. Uh-huh. Thank you for that. Um, I, I wanted to piggyback on the peer pressure thing because the other things are happening in the house, but what about the peer pressure? Because I think that even more of a problem than the other things that you mentioned earlier as far as things in the household. Because a, a lot of the peer pressure... Um, well, you have a certain set of rules for your child, but their friends have a little bit more freedom than them. Your child wants that freedom. Your child wants to uh, stay out till 11 p.m. at night mm-hmm. at 13, 14 years old. And mm-hmm. Your rules is be in the house at 9 or 10 p.m. And then they act out because their friends can, can stay out longer than them. And they can't do you that. Know, yeah. Peer pressure. I'm going to say this. This is going to sound a little weird. Parents. Mm-hmm. Parents teach children about peer pressure. And I'll right. tell you why. Because parents will say, oh, so-and-so have this. I'm going to get one of those, too. Or so-and-so, oh, I like this. So-and-so has this thing. I'm mm-hmm. going to get one. Oh, everybody have this large TV. I'm going to get us a large TV. They start their whole thing with that. Television can give, give kids this idea, you know, what children are supposed to do and what they are not supposed to do. So really parents are working sometimes. Um, sometimes parents work against themselves, and then sometimes the influences from television stuff in the home. I'll say to any parent out there, if you have an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, you know, expectations about dating, about curfew, what that looks like, what you're expecting from them, you know, that stuff needs to be said. I think sometimes we're waiting too late to start rolling out the plan for the young people. Hey, no, you're not going to stay out to 12 o'clock. What? Someone said out And even when they're little bitty kids and somebody says to you, yeah, my daughter, was out to 12 o'clock at night. Your children are listening to this. It's your job to say, what? She was out to 12 o'clock at night. That's dangerous. What was she doing out there? She can't even drive to get back home because your child is learning from you right there, right then. This is not what we do. So it's right. so much going into parenting. You know, when we aren't paying attention, children are paying attention. You know, we're letting things yeah. come in our minds and go come in and out of our heads. The children are learning how does life go. You know, they're learning at five and six and seven, you know, uh, that this is the way 
life is supposed to go. Oh, you know, we're supposed to go out at 13 or 14 and go to parties. If that's not what you're expecting your child to do, then you have to kind of speak up and say, hey, you know, your kid's out at a party? Wow, that's really young. It's not a good thing. I'm, I'm thinking it's pretty dangerous for them to do. Okay. So I think that so the expectations. Oh, what were you saying? Uh, so, uh, that means setting up the expectations from, from a little age, you know, all the way up, being very consistent about what you're expecting to happen. If you're not planning on your child dating at 16, that per, your child needs to be pretty active. You've got to get them kind of busy doing other very constructive things because you're not trying to have them sit up in somebody's house and and now kids are entertaining in their bedroom. It, you know, never uh -huh. used to, it didn't used to happen. So it's happening now that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your interview, your 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 wisdom, <laughs> your knowledge. Um, I learned a couple of things today, and, and I'm hoping that a, a lot of other parents, moms and dads, can take this information that you shared with us and um, rebuild their relationship or make their situation better with their teenagers. Uh, Lakita, how can everyone follow you? Okay, people can follow me at parentstrainup.com or you can do parentstrainup.com uh, yeah, or parentstrainup Facebook. I have a Facebook parent train up, and um, you can visit me at ictg.sclsl. They will probably remember parentstrainup.com. And then they can get me some Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on there. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for, for joining us today again, and you have a good one. Okay, Athelia. Thank you very much for inviting me. You make this a great You're welcome. Bye. Bye.